2: Let's ride for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger stadium. Take it away. It's time for Dodger baseball.
3: All right. (laughs) Well, What's going on, Dodger fans? And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by Tick Pick and Fan Sided. This is Kevin Klein speaking. And you wanted Shohei Otani to play. Well, you ah, you've got what you wanted. Shohei Otani made his Dodgers debut in Arizona against the Chicago White Sox today and in epic Shohei Otani fashion. He smokes a two run home run over the center field wall in his third at bat off Dominic Leon, who I believe used to be a giant and was pretty mediocre for him for them. So good for Shohei Otani taking Leon deep overall today. Shohei Otani struck out looking in his first at bat against crochet the lefty through a 100 mile per hour fastball caught him looking Second at bat for Shohei Otani, he did ground into a double play, but he did drive home Jose Ramos. And in that third and final at bat, Shohei Otani went deep, 377-foot home run, 102 mile-per-hour exit velocity off the bat. What a day for Shohei Otani. David Rosenthal, what's going on? What's new? Shohei Otani homering in day one. No complaints here.
4: Yeah, I mean, I you kind of figured something like that was going to happen with him. I mean, that's just the kind of things that he does. It's not like a situation where he's hitless for the first four games. I don't think I've ever seen that ever with him. Uh, I think what what took me slightly by surprise is the effortlessness of that swing on the home run. Uh, just opposite field outside pitch carried it over the wall. That's a that's a flyout for ninety nine percent of MLB hitters. Uh, but not him. So I think the elbow is fine. I know last time I was on here, people were too worried about his, his elbow. And if that's, that's going to affect his I double play ball. So can't ask for much more. Yeah. The Shohei
3: Otani effect is in full swing now. And finally we get to figure out what the top of the batting order is for the Dodgers more on that in a little bit on why it's the right move but it's Mookie Betts Shohei Otani and Freddie Freeman what's up Jake Reiner are you still disgruntled
2: (laughs) no uh I got over that pretty quickly today because of what Shohei Otani did and I agree I agree with David The, the the pitch did not look like a pitch that he was going to be able to hit out but he basically just muscled it out to left center field and was able to get it over the wall. I was kind of laughing because his first two at-bats, it seemed like both the White Sox and the uh, Giants radio broadcast team or radio station were celebrating that uh, Shohei Ohtani struck out looking in his first at-bat. And then he quickly, a couple innings later, answered that call. and And those tweets just aged so poorly Um, I feel like we're going to get a lot of that this year, but you should never count out Otani. You really, you really shouldn't. I mean, even the double play that he hit, he hit the shit out of that. Like he, that was a rocket that he hit. It's just unfortunate. It was right at the guy. Um, and it did score a run, even though it didn't count as an RBI, but boy, what, what, what a debut you, this, this is everything the Dodgers fans could have wanted and asked for, and he looked so happy, just him walking up to the plate for his first at-bat, big smile on his face, um, the crowd obviously loving it. Um, just a really, really cool moment.
4: Yeah, so more on that video. I, I think for me, that is now replacing the Padres wild card video in terms of meme potential. Because that video of those Giants broadcasters is one of the most sad things I've seen since that wildcard parade video. So, I mean, that paired with the Dodgers Nation tweet about the Otani on deck, like dodged a bullet one, is, I'm telling you now is going to get a lot of
2: play for me throughout the year. Like, that's not going to get old for me. Right. Also, the Otani to the Blue Jays, also Dodgers Nation. Yeah. Tim, I was, I was uh, listening to a little bit of the replay, and, and Tim Neverett said that
4: when Alec Manoa was walking down the aisle, they his teammates let him know that they didn't get Otani. Yes. Which is which is ridiculous, but that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Maybe just wait till after the wedding. Like <laughs> brutal.
3: Okay, so Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, Freddie Freeman. I was surprised that Dave Roberts actually assembled the batting order the right way. I really thought they were gonna go. Freddie two, Otani three, but here's why you want Shohei Otani batting second. There are a few factors. First of all, Freddie Freeman adds a lot more protection. If you had Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman go out one, two, that's a pretty good opportunity for the pitcher to pitch around Otani and lay it up for, I assume, Will Smith, who would be the cleanup hitter. Instead, this makes it a lot more difficult because you, maybe you get Mookie Betts out You don't really want to walk Shohei Otani. You can still pitch around him, but Freddie Freeman is a guy you would want with runners on base, regardless of first or second, because because Freddie Freeman is a doubles machine. And Freddie Freeman for the Dodgers has been nothing but short of just an an RBI monster, especially with runners in scoring position. Freddie Freeman doesn't have the same power like Shohei Otani does. So you might not get as many three-run home runs potentially, but you look at where Shohei Otani's hit, During the course of his career, it's pretty much a 50-50 split as well. 240 games batting second for Otani, 390 on base percentage with 1,000 OPS versus 247 games hitting third, 342 on base percentage, 856 OPS. So if Mookie Betts is comfortable with the leadoff, which he is, they've given him that role. Otani appears to be batting second and comfortable in that role. Then Freddie Freeman, throughout his career, he can hit anywhere. So I love it.
2: Yeah, I love it too. And kind of a on along the similar lines of the logic behind why Mookie Betts is leading off is why Shohei Otani is batting second. It's not because Mookie Betts is this speedster that steals bases because we know he doesn't, but that he just hits better in that slot than anywhere else in the order. Now, if you put Shohei Otani third, is it going to be that much of a drop, up, drop off? Probably not. But- the percentages work out that way. As Kevin just mentioned, the protection of having Freddie Freeman behind you, as opposed to Will Smith is a huge difference. And even though Otani obviously has more power than Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman is no slouch. Like he, he can still hit the ball out of the park. So you're going to, you're going to have that power as well, but also we know Freddie is a doubles machine. So he's going to be hitting the ball to the gaps. Otani's got great speed they're going to be able to manufacture runs too. So I I agree that this, this was the correct order in which Dave Roberts rolled it out. Now, I thought that they were going to go Freddie Freeman second because so far this spring, that's where Freddie Freeman has hit without Otani in there. So I was a little surprised that they flipped them. But obviously, given all the factors, it makes sense.
4: Yeah, uh, we all talked about this, you know, I think two episodes ago, and we all agreed that this is this is the right order for this for this team. Uh, and not to be a dead horse, but if you put Lux in the nine hole, that becomes your leadoff hitter. And then Betts is second and Otani's third and Freeman's fourth, which is frankly a lot better. So I like that a lot.
3: Definitely. And if the bottom of the order can pull their weight, you don't have to worry about Shohei just having to drive in Mookie Betts. He'll have Lux, yeah. like David said, and presumably maybe Outman in the eight hole to at least start the season. So this is going to be a very deep Dodgers lineup. I'm very excited for it. it. looks like Smith will be the cleanup hitter. Muncie likely starts in the five hole and tiosker hitting six. So if you can have a power hitter with 30 home run upside in your six hole with Tiosker Hernandez, this Dodgers lineup is going to wreak havoc. And that's exactly what they've done all spring so far they haven't lost a game they're averaging about 7.8 runs a game and they're just pummeling it's not even just the stars we're getting random guys like chris okey today who hit a three-run bomb um, kevin podlow went deep in his first spring training game
2: so there's been a lot of guys showing up for the dodgers yeah definitely and we're, we're getting to see guys like uh Trey Sweeney get a shot and also uh Jose Ramos and uh um Andy Paez we're getting another look at so all these guys that we see kind of year in year out Trey Sweeney obviously just came over but um we're getting to see the depth of this organization and it's incredible and it's no it's no secret as to as to why the Dodgers are undefeated so far in spring training I mean they they just have so much talent in this organization that when you take the starters out and you put in the so-called scrubs, these minor leaguers at the end and sort of quote unquote garbage time, the the Dodgers garbage time is better than anyone else's garbage time. So that's why they're coming back in these games and they're winning them um, because they just have so much talent. Unironically, it did feel like in 2022 there was something that just
3: worked when you had Mookie leading off Trey in the two hole and Freddie in the three hole for, you know, in the postseason, it really carried over. Like Freeman was awesome. And then for, Maybe it's unrelated or coincidental, but in t- this most recent postseason, Freddie Freeman couldn't do a lick. So when you had Mookie and Freeman one, two out, no one had anyone to really drive in. So now that you add Shohei in the middle of those two guys, you have to imagine that one of these three will get on base at some point in the postseason, because I'll be damned if all three of these guys go for like a combined one for 20 in the postseason.
2: Also, Mookie bets- Yeah. And it- Go also ahead. Mookie best just quickly, like he's having a great spring so far and he's, he's has a, over a thousand OPS. And the thing that I like that I'm seeing from him is that he's taking a lot of walks. He's getting on base, which is the key to this offense.
4: Shohei Atani's only had a hundred RBIs once in a season in his career so far. And I don't think that's an indictment of him. I think that's an indictment of the angels entirely. Uh, I mean, they they just have been bad throughout his entire existence and i think you're going to see otani if he stays healthy and plays a, a full season come close to 130 rbis i mean that's just a function i have tons of guys on base
2: yeah, oh, yeah easily. and for whatever reason i mean not for whatever reason is cuz rendon never plays but like the, having rendon trout and otani in the same lineup there's they've only been together for like 15 games or something ridiculous like that so <laughs> otani was playing a lot of, in those lineups without Trout and without Rendon because Trout was injured too.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's definitely to what David was saying because Otani's had two 40 plus home run seasons and in the middle of that, which was a fantastic season as well. I think he had like 30 something home runs. So this is going to be Otani's for sure career high in RBIs if all goes well. Yeah. It's going to be a machine. I, I haven't actually dug into what his n- numbers are with runners and scoring position throughout his career it's probably something I need to do um so we'll see what we'll see what happens with uh that's that metric coming into this season because he's gonna have a lot of RBI opportunities no doubt about it I think I think he might win the MVP again not that that's a bold take but I really do think he's gonna break career highs in home runs and RBIs for the Dodgers with just a pure focus of hitting I think that's gonna play into his
2: advantage yeah I was making a similar point where you're you, you when when he's focused on both hitting and pitching he's got to devote a significant amount of time to pitching i mean i mean it's just i mean as a starting pitcher too so now you take that away and it's just streamlined to hitting i i think i'm i'm with kevin on this i think we're going to see even more monster numbers
3: how about otani bringing his outfield glove it's not going to happen because the Dodgers won't allow it but it would be pretty epic if Otani was able to come into the outfield at some point this season, and we could see what he's like defensively, but I know with him rehabbing and all that, it's not going to happen, but I would like to see Otani play the
4: field maybe one day for the Dodgers. I mean, I, I think that's encouraging for the life of this contract. I'll say that yeah, uh, yeah. because I think, you know, a lot of people pigeon told him as, as no matter what a DH, uh, but Obviously, he's extremely athletic. So I think down the line of this contract, you might see that. Uh, But this year, rehabbing where he's coming back from a second Tommy John surgery, you're not going to see that. But you could put him in left field and sign J.D. Martinez. (laughs) Yeah, you're risking a lot, but yeah, put him in left.
3: Well, then you got to maybe if Jason Hayward wasn't given the job, but. I know. Well, I, I don't think J- that
4: job is is safe by any means. I don't think it's a you know a season long commitment, regardless of his performance. I think if anyone is at risk in the Dodgers for playing time, it's Jason Hayward. Well, it was Margot. <laughs> well, yeah, but I said Dodgers, not Twins. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah, I mean, if JD Martinez had proven a little bit more defensively, I would love that idea. But I'm worried he'll be like twenty. 20- 11 Nelson Cruz out there and just
4: Yeah, you know, oh, he would be. it would be a
3: disaster. <laughs> <laughs> but G- we know that JD Martinez rejected a 1-year $14 million deal from the Giants. I found that kind of interesting that all these teams are kind of lowballing him and only doing 1-year deals. Like, what's up with that? JD Martinez should get a 3-year contract.
4: Giants are having some off season, huh?
2: Then <laughs> Yeah. And and your and your boy Logan Webb not doing a great job recruiting these guys. Nope.
4: Maybe he should focus more on his on his friends than Twitter, in my opinion. But we're we're friends now, so I don't want a bad mouth.
2: Yeah, that's why I said your boy. So.
4: Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, it's not it's not his fault. It's it's there's a bigger issues at play there. Yeah. Speaking of Giants, who
3: invited that reporter today who asked Shohei Otani his thoughts on the recruitment to San Francisco? Immediately, Ipe his uh
2: translator shot it down and he
3: had like the best reactionary
2: face yeah i don't know it makes me it makes me cringe when when reporters try and do that when they try and kind of go off script or or to or to get a to get a quote or a rise out of otani you're not going to do it the guy the guy is so focused and trained on what he has to do and ipe is not going to let that happen either i thought it was a great question (laughs) I wanted. To, did he answer
4: it or no? no I didn't he see shot it. it down. No, they didn't. He he, like, no, he just he, basically just said no. No,
2: Ipe said. Ipe said we're uh, we're only answering questions about today's game. Yeah. All right.
4: Love it. That's fair. But it, I, I I respect. I would love to hear the answer about why he didn't just,
2: choose San Francisco. Yes. No, very you know much he's detail. not going to give that answer ever. I know. <laughs> I know. But I'd still like to hear him. Yeah. I think the answers are kind of
3: written on the wall one why would you want to play for Bob Melvin clubhouse disaster the last couple of years Two,
2: that's the part of it
3: Farhan Zaidi has done a horrible job of prom coming through with his promises to players turns everyone into platoon guys or bullpen hybrid starters and then guys like Sean Maniah don't even want to stick around Ross stripling all these guys just mediocre players bad mouthing the do- the Giants and they just they're cheap like they they just don't go all in They're they're a very weird organization and i love it don't want the giants to be good so screw the giants okay so i think that's enough of otani for now we can circle back to that maybe a little bit more later on but the dodgers are still making moves we've talked about it for months that manuel margot just he didn't feel like he was really a dodger like he was kind of there but we all felt like he was going to get cut or maybe traded at some point he was kind of just like that awkward plus one where you wanted Tyler glass out to come to your wedding because he's maybe a very close friend, but for whatever reason, we were forced to have the plus one of that awkward friend who was Margot. Uh, But finally the, the Dodgers worked out a deal with the twins where they're basically paying all his salary, salary to go play for someone else. And the full intent there is obviously to bring back Kike Hernandez, a guy that we've talked about a lot, why the Dodgers hadn't worked out something sooner with him. But I mean, this is clear as day. The Dodgers wanted Kike Hernandez back. Kike was literally holding out till spring training to return to the Dodgers. And I'm glad that they were able to work out something, a $4 million deal. That's, that's chump change. Kike has deserved it. His postseason track record, which we can expand on in a second, speaks for itself. And he's a great clubhouse guy and he's versatile. So this felt like a bench piece that the Dodgers needed to add. So, Kike Hernandez makes a lot of sense
2: to bring back. I mean, we—I've been asking for that since the start of the off season. His ability to perform in the postseason is just unmatched. I feel, and what he did last postseason when pretty much the entire team just could not score runs, with the exception of a. Random J.D. Martinez home run. Will Smith had a few good at-bats and a few hits, but Kike also was the the only other one that actually came through when it mattered, and that's what they're getting him for. Not only that, but his defense, his ability to play all over the diamond. He knows his role. He loves his role. The marriage between the Dodgers and Kike Hernandez just works, and similarly to what Kevin was saying earlier, is that not only did Manuel Margot not feel like a Dodger, I just didn't understand the fit. It didn't make sense to me. It just felt like a guy taking up a roster spot that we didn't need because Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Chris Taylor, and Jason Hayward, to me, that's a fine outfield in terms of starters and backups. And Margot, I just didn't see a pathway for him to get any playing time because he can't really hit that well. He's not known for his bat. He's more known for his glove and he can't play anywhere else. Whereas Kike can spell Gavin Lux. He can spell Max Muncy and then he can go to center field and spell James Outman if he needs to. So it just made all the sense in the world. I couldn't be happier that this happened. I'm surprised it took this long, but I couldn't be more thrilled about it.
4: Yeah, I, I think it's a good addition. Uh, I mean, I would take him over Manuel Margot for sure. Uh, just for the reason you said postseason hitting alone. I mean, just has significantly more impactful than what Manuel Margot would have done in the regular season, and that's not a that's not a slight at Margot. It's just the Dodgers have built a super team. This, I mean, this feels like when you're growing when we were growing up, and you build a Madden franchise, and you get all your starters, and now you're just fucking around with the bench players. So you don't want to see any scrubs out there. That's what's happening right now with Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers. Obviously, Kike wanted to come back as a Dodger, which. Goes a long way, I think. As a fan, I, I think I, I give him more credit for that than than a lot of people do. Uh, some guys don't really care where they go, and then there's some guys who want to be at one certain place, and that is Los Angeles for Kike Hernandez. No
2: questions asked. So it's good. Just, it's a good reunion. I just pulled up Kike's postseason stats. And they're amazing. I mean, he's played in 72 career games, hit 274 in the postseason with an 893 OPS. He has 13 yep. career postseason homers and 29 RBIs. And last year, he hit 375. He only got eight at bats, but he got three hits and drove in two runs. So, in limited playing time, he was impactful. And we know how impactful he was in 2020 that led to the World Series title. So, it's this is not just like fans wanting their fan favorite back. Yes, it is that obviously, but it's also the production and th- this is just a perfect fit.
3: Yeah, you don't need Kike Hernandez to win you regular season games, but it's not a it's not only that he just shows up in the postseason. It's the timing of some of his big postseason moments. The 2020 game seven home run off Matt to set up the Bellinger home run. And I posted it the other day. Yes, it was a travesty. But this is a guy that in 2019 that took Steven Strasberg deep in a do or die game. A righty against righty. Like, how can you script that? Put the Dodgers up three nothing. Dave Roberts just inserted him into the lineup because he had a good hunch about it. Kike went off for three home runs in that clincher against the Cubs in 2017. So he's had a lot of big moments. I like the move. Like I was just saying, like you're not riding Kike to win you regular season games. He's in there for defensive purposes and to give guys days off. Shortstop, you know. I, I honestly, I think I like Kike over Miguel Rojas at this point. Third base, M- Muncy's going to need some days off. You can put Kike there. Second base, maybe even two. Throw him there, and then, of course the outfield. So. Saw enough Emmanuel Margot. He looked like a washed Carl Crawford out there. Those five at bats were all just abysmal. <laughs> you Basically, mean it
4: was five at bats? <laughs>
3: freaking grounded into like two double plays. It was weak ass stuff. I don't think I don't think one ball he hit even left the infield. So good riddance, Margot. It's nothing against you. There was just no room for you. I would rather have Miguel Vargas play over him. I'd rather have Pajas play over him. So. We sent him to Minnesota. We got another shortstop prospect. The Dodgers are just loading up on shortstop prospects. Noah Miller comes to the Dodgers organization and we'll see what they make of him in the near future. But yeah, the Dodgers clearly wanted Kike back. Bob Nyongale came on the show like a month ago. We asked him about Kike. He said it was between the Dodgers and the Angels. He wants to be in SoCal. The Angels are a shit show, so why would he go there? He had been holding out. He was patient. The Dodgers rewarded him. And they came to an agreement, so it's a big W.
4: Can I can I read one of these comments real quick? Absolutely, I was, I was addressed. So it says, "D Rose, what is gonna what's it gonna take for you to have a civil Twitter friendship with Dodger Nation, Maria G?" So nothing, because I'm blocked by all of them. So you're asking the wrong person. Here are my terms: one, <laughs> unlock me, just potentially, so I. And two, I want an apology from the person who wrote that Otani tweet. I want them to identify themselves and say, my bad. If those two things happen, I will be on my best behavior. That's it, though. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair ask. I don't think I'm asking too much. Distance themselves from that tweet and just have the one person just
2: kind of take the fall. They need a fall guy for that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to, you know, they they apologize for that tweet. But, you know, something else is coming down the pike where they're it, it's going to age poorly. So it's, it's just going to be replaced by something else.
3: That's how they do it? Definitely. Yeah, they've had so many moving parts in the last couple of years. I wouldn't be able to even tell you who's doing what over there these days. But yeah that's how they roll. They are just they have a really bad track record when it comes to Shohei Otani. It's as simple as that. So sorry, Dodgers nation name dropping you. But yeah, you suck when it comes to Shohei Otani. You just you can't get it right no matter how hard you try. So yeah, that's my thoughts on Kiki. That's my thoughts on Margo. That's my thoughts on um, DN. So we've had a number of spring training games now. I believe six of them. So I wanted to get your guys's early thoughts on some guys that are making a good impression on you, or maybe a bad
2: impression. Go ahead, Jake. I mean, I'll just I'll just kind of double down on the Mookie Betts thing. He looks really focused and locked in right now. Um, he's like I said, over a thousand OPS so far. He's he's drawing a lot of walks. He's hitting the ball the other way. I saw, you know, we saw him the other day hit like a, a, a nice RBI double down the right field line. Um, he he looks great, and and I'm I'm very very encouraged by that. Um, we saw a little bit of Tyler Glass now. That was really cool. Um, he, even by his admission, it wasn't a great outing because he got hit pretty hard. But that's kind of because he was working on a few things. So he looks really good. Uh, I mentioned Trey Sweeney looks awesome. I love the way he goes the other way as a left-handed hitter. Um, and, uh, Jose Ramos just, I love, I love watching Jose Ramos hit home runs. Cause he really pimps them and, uh, he hits them really far. Um, so I, am I'm, I'm like all about him. I, I think he's, I think he's terrific.
3: I think the pitcher that's really raising his stock, no surprise. Gavin stone. I've been talking about him for weeks now. There's been a couple reasons why Gavin Stone was bad last season. He revealed that he had a blister on his foot and that may have caused him to tip his pitches. The Dodgers also believe that he was tipping his pitches last season. Not really an excuse, in my opinion, but at least they can kind of identify what went wrong with him. But he's made two appearances in spring training so far, and the changeup has looked absolutely disgusting. He's generated whiffs on it. He's got command of it. And his fastball looks really healthy. It's been dialing in around 96 miles per hour with some nasty spin on it. And so Gavin Stone is putting himself in a really good position to potentially get that five spot in the Dodgers rotation. It may come down to where the Dodgers want to limit his innings. But with Emmett Sheehan currently injured, he's dealing with some soreness. Ryan Yarbrough is another guy who's actually looked kind of good early on in spring training. They may elect to give him the fifth spot, but it's kind of until Sheehan comes back and actually starts pitching. It looks like it's a two horse race between Yarbrough and stone
4: yeah, it's not going to be Michael. Still really good. Right? Oh god. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think Grove you can't be doing that if you want a bullpen roll. <laughs> like, you just, you just you just can't be doing that. No, you can't. You can't give up a 3-run shot to Paul De Jong. No, you just that's just you can't you just that's something you can't do and he did it. So, yeah. I mean, I I still think he's got good stuff, but it and obviously it's still early, so it's going to happen occasionally, but they he brought him in in the middle of an inning, which tells me that they're trying to make him a reliever. Obviously, so didn't pass the first test, Mike. You just didn't pass the first test. But in terms of players who caught my eye so far, I think the first one is Muncy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he looks
3: yeah, he looks good. good.
4: Like physically, he looks fitter than he
2: has been than he has he been. Dropped Camper, like fourteen basically. pounds or something like that.
4: Yeah, I mean, you can tell he looks he looks spry out there. Uh, he's hitting the ball to all field. He's getting on base. The swing looks good. And there's been no glaring defensive issues with him. So that's, that's been the guy that's jumped out. And, and I, Jose Ramos looks real good too. I like, mm-hmm. I like that guy. Can,
2: can we talk about, um, Austin Barnes for a second?
3: Yes, but I still want to talk about Michael Grove real quick. Cause okay, I didn't get ahead. to talk about mid city Grove. Go ahead. This is a guy that is clearly doing everything in his power to just get DFA'd like You have to beat scrubs like Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung has been bad the last two or three years. And to serve up a three-run home run meatball, yes, it's spring training, but I'm almost done. Like I've been done with him for a while, but at this point, I have no remorse if the Dollars want to cut ties with him. This is just getting ridiculous. The guy gives up so many meatballs for home runs. Kyle Hurt is better than him the i agree with michael carrillo in the chat even he would be a better addition i don't care about michael grove being able to go two or three innings he sucks it's time to move on good riddance i'll eat my words if he turns it around but he's got to go
4: Countdown. i mean he's got to sure he's got to go to oklahoma city sure but i mean he's got options and there's no reason to just you know dump him i would trade him for a p-
3: mid-tier prospect in a heartbeat what are you gonna get for him right now? I'll take any you're gonna BLA get a guy and hope he becomes Jordan Alvarez.
4: Yeah. We already have Jordan Alvarez. His name's Jose De Paula. He's coming. As long as you don't trade him for fucking Josh Fields. <laughs>
2: <laughs> give um, give me more. Let me uh let, yeah, let's talk Austin about Barnes. Austin.
3: It's time to talk about Barnes. Talk, Go ahead. Time
2: to talk about Austin Barnes. Um do you guys this, this is gonna
4: I think I might be the, the The biggest Barnes supporter at this point
2: on this podcast. We'll get get to you in a second, David. Um, (laughs) Let's just start with this. Did you guys know this is Austin Barnes' 10th season with us?
4: Yes. That's
2: crazy. Um, That's fucking crazy. Um, So far this spring, he's one for nine. He has one hit, five strikeouts. More Uh, hits than I thought. Yeah. I did not know that he had a hit. Um, He looks bad. Uh, This is the second or third straight season. He's looked really bad at the plate and obviously we're not paying him to be a hitter, but if he's going to be in the lineup, it's a glaring hole because obviously Will Smith is not going to play every single day and you need the backup catcher to be in there. I understand why he's on the team. He's a leader. He's smart. The players like him. He's kind of a Captain Ish, I've heard that they refer to him as the captain. Um I don't know how you can be a captain when you can't really lead by example and he's not very vocal as far as I know. So I don't know what the deal is there, but they have him there. He you know Kershaw obviously loves him. They love his pitch framing and all of that and 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 I get and I get all of that. The problem is is that he can't hit at all. <laughs> That's the big problem. Pretty big and, problem. And for me like If if he's going to be on the team, and I've said this for a few seasons now, if he's going to be on the team, he needs to learn how to bunt well, period. Because otherwise, every time we get down to the bottom of the order and he's in there, it's an out. So why not make it a productive out if there are runners on base and it makes sense to move them over with less than two outs? He should be bunting. He should take the place of a hitting pitcher that used to be in the national (laughs) league. That's what Austin Barnes should be doing. Every single time he comes up to the plate with runners on base, that is what he should be doing. Otherwise cut him, trade him, get rid of him. But if you don't do that, that's just malpractice. In my opinion, I don't understand why they haven't just done that with him. He can't hit
4: because, because that's the proverbial white flag. If you're doing that, you are admitting defeat. You are surrendering. No, it's not completely. it's it's
2: tr- strategically, it makes sense.
4: I look, I'm not saying he shouldn't bunt every now and again, but if he's up there bunning every time, that
2: is defeat. You have surrendered the kingdom to don't care anybody. If it moves a runner over and we and, and we get a guy in scoring position for Gavin Lux or Mookie Betts, that's what he should be doing.
3: This is my <sighs> reasoning for getting Why not? rid of Barnes.
2: I've said this a few times now waving the white flag. Who cares?
3: Dave Roberts is gonna find a way to pinch it Austin Barnes in a critical situation in the playoffs. He's done that like the last three seasons in a row. And if you have that crutch for Dave Roberts, then you need to cut, you need to cut it. And so it's time to get rid of Austin Barnes because he provides absolutely nothing on offense. And honestly, even defensively, he doesn't add that much anymore. He can't really throw out runners. Hunter Fiducia is better than him at this point from everything I've seen. He's just decimated in Oklahoma city and has looked pretty solid in spring training. Even Chris Oakey, who I think is new to the team. He's looked better than Austin Barnes as a backup catcher. Like it's not very hard to find a decent backup catcher. Like the Dodgers have done it for years now. We could have kept Travis Darnode. We could have probably kept Austin wins who would have been better but okay, instead let's
4: let's we're not rehashing the Austin wins. Austin daughter.
3: Barnes was statistically the worst hitter in all of major league baseball. Last season hit like 100 with an OPS of what 40 or sorry, OPS plus of like 40. If maybe that's even too high, but I saw the interview the other day. I think they asked Austin Barnes what it was like without Kershaw. He felt like a lost puppy out there. Like if we're really just keeping Austin Barnes, cause he's
4: Kershaw's buddy. That's not enough for me. Okay, let me let me get a word in here. So I think this is an overreaction, not because he's performing well, but because of what the level of need for a backup catcher on this regular season roster is. We don't need every single person on the roster to be hitting 270. You just don't. You have one of the most loaded rosters in baseball history, And you figure your backup catcher is going to play once, maybe twice a week, maybe at most twice a week. So I don't really care what Austin Barnes does at the plate. Is it fun to watch? No, it hasn't been fun to watch really ever. Uh, There was like that one month stretch when he like learned from Mookie Betts in like 2020 and like became great. So that was fun. But besides that, I mean, it's, I just don't care. I don't think Hunter, Fiducia, whoever they bring up is going to provide that much more of an impact or frankly, an upgrade. Uh, and I think you're also underestimating the power of friendship. So I think having Austin Barnes on the team matters in terms of chemistry and his relationship with everybody else and the pitchers as well. They got a lot of young pitchers and he's helpful and good with these young pitchers. Look, I'm not defending his, his play. I'm just defending, I'm just pointing it out there that I don't think it's that big of a deal uh, in terms of what his role, what he does in that limited role.
2: David we don't need him to hit 270 but we do need him to hit his fucking weight. Probably. What did he hit like last he year? Was... He hit
4: 2 2 something last year. Yeah. He last actually hit year, 180.
2: He hit 180. All right, Better so that's 18% of the time
4: he's getting a hit. He's a career 219 hitter. That's 21% of the time, almost 22% of the time getting a hit. What are you talking about? Th- this is like this goes against everything you stand for. Like No, it doesn't because he's I don't had... His role doesn't, we don't need a backup catcher. Smith is going to play when it matters, period. This 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 role is- I is- don't,
2: uh, I personally, I'm not saying that uh, we're going to win a World Series or not win a World Series because Austin Barnes is on this team, but I don't want an automatic out in my lineup. He is an automatic well, 18% out. 18% is
4: not automatic.
2: And, uh, please, bro, please.
3: It's-, it's- an- Another case to why you would want a better backup catcher is I feel like they were overplaying Will Smith a lot last season because Austin Barnes was so bad. And that had a detrimental effect to Smith because he was fatigued. He was playing with a broken rib. Imagine if they had put him on the I.O. You would have had Barnes for like a month.
4: Yeah, that's that's the first legitimate argument I've heard for for that. That is the only actual argument I've heard of why replacing him might be beneficial. Because I'm, other than that... I'm, I don't see
2: why there's no point back back to my uh, thesis here. I don't mind Austin Barnes on this team because of what you said. I, I I'm with you. The whole friendship thing, the whole clubhouse culture, all of that players seem to like him and all of that stuff. I, I, I'm i with you on that. But if you keep him and he plays once or twice a week, he needs to bunt. I'm sorry. He does. He just does because Otherwise, he's just going to get out anyway and not and it won't be a productive out. It's not like he has the bat control to be able to hit the ball to the opposite field when you need him to and hit behind runners to move them over. He he can't do that. A lot of the time he can't make contact with the ball when he swings. So he needs to be bunting. And honestly, I think it would be a great strategy. It's something that teams don't do anymore, obviously, because of the universal DH. You have a, base, a you have the equivalent of a of a mid hitting pitcher in the lineup so just use him like that watch what happens they did it a few times last year actually and i was singing that singing the praises because it worked and we scored runs because of it so i don't understand why you wouldn't employ that strategy if if he's going to hit 180
4: yeah, like I said, every now and again, sure, but not an automatic bunt. You can't do that. You just can't. Well, not with nobody on base? Well, yeah, I know, but even I'm not saying with nobody on base. I'm saying even if there's a runner on second or first, I'm not saying it's an you can't be just bunting automatically every time. You just can't.
2: Well, okay. If you got a runner at if you got a runner at second base with one out, you're not going to bunt bunting. him over. The, you're not going to bunt him over the third. That's stupid. What, what about saying? what about
4: a man on first with one out? Then you bunt him over because I'm the guy's not, not in
2: <laughs> yes, because the guy's not in scoring position. So either so either you have Gavin Lux coming up with two outs and a and a runner on first base, or
3: I'm not Gavin Lux. Or, it would be Mookie. You're not batting Barnes ahead of Lux.
2: Well, whatever. Then you have Mookie. You you either have you either have Mookie coming up with a runner on first with two outs, or he comes up with two outs and a runner on second. What would you rather have?
4: I want two chances and a hit.
2: You're not getting it.
4: Well, oh, there's yeah. an 18% chance I am getting it.
2: David, you're out of your goddamn mind.
4: I am. Rep- I'm. It's math. You can't argue with math.
2: You can because I watched the game, and you do too. This is ridiculous. He's 18%. not. All right.
4: Enough Austin Barnes talk.
3: I'm sick of it. The package deal is Groven Barnes to the White Sox, and let's hope we get. For what? A vending machine? AJ yes. I will trade them for a dollar off Dodger dogs. If like we can make that compromise. There's no need. For good that. With, They're just death. Good. All it is is death. Bad depth. Let fiducia play. What do we got to do to give him a shot? He's been on this Dodgers organization for years now. It's time. It's time to move on. Okay. We won't get to talk about it because it's happening Wednesday, but Yoshinobu Yamamoto will make his cactus league debut for the Dodgers. I'm excited we get to finally see what this guy's made of in a live a live a uh, practice game I guess it's, so it's not official but any thoughts on what to expect from Yamamoto what do you want to see out of him
4: Stay healthy throw some heat let's see some breaking balls and call it a day I don't need I don't need to see a lot there uh, you know he's going to be pitching in sub ace of this team let's get a first look at him and and get him back on the bench don't need to see a lot yeah i think the biggest question mark will be a splitter it's
3: been such a tricky pitch for many pitchers if you throw it wrong it can lead to arm injuries um there has been some talk that maybe the ball adjustment could be a, a challenge for Yamamoto to adjust to the splitter at first but it's kind of like his his main out pitch so that's probably what I'll keep my eye out on. Will he throw the splitter? Will he stay away f- from it from now? But yeah, let's see him throw two innings, get at least one or two Ks.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Just just I want to see what he looks like, keep him healthy, and, and send him on his way. The one storyline that I am following a little bit, which is kind of fun, is... Apparently, he's developed quite the friendship so far with Brewster Gratterall, which I think is Shocker. really, really funny. Um, it kind of reminds me of the Hunjin Ryu-Wan Uribe um, friendship. Um, I saw a video that Dodgers posted of uh, Brewster Gratterall doing the uh, doing his impression of Yamamoto and the uh, javelin throw. Um, so that that's, re- that's really cool. Just seeing the way that um, Yamamoto and Otani are... Mixing in with the guys is great. Do you think Yamamoto's glove deserves a 10 out of 10? Oh, yeah, that glove was pretty sweet. That's sick. That glove is awesome.
3: Moose1032, thank you so much for the super chat. He's telling us that he loves the podcast and to keep it up. Well, we can definitely keep it up for you. We really appreciate your support, Moose. You've been like our MVP every time you come on through, dropping those super chats. So we really appreciate it. And you can DM me anytime if you want to talk some Dodgers one on one. I'm always open to chat some Dodgers baseball and I'm going to open it up for the chat overall right now. If you want to ask us specific questions, we can do a quick Q&A for a few minutes or so. Then we're going to get into the Incline Awards. Been building this up for months. It'll be the third annual Incline Awards. I've got all the ballots tallied up. We definitely surpassed last year's vote total. So thank you guys. Um, and quickly, let me shout out Tick Pick because they are the proud sponsor of the Incline Dodgers. I was looking at the spring training prices just the other day, and you could have gone to Shohei Otani's debut at um, Camelback Ranch today for dirt cheap if you would use the Tick Pick app. It was like $23 to get into the field, which I was shocked. I was expecting for Shohei Otani's first game with the Dodgers to probably be at a minimum 40 to $50, even though it's a spring training game. Um, but yeah, $23, no service fees at checkout. What a bargain. And you can use them to go to concerts. Just got an email from TickPick that something corporate, uh, a punk rock band from like the early 2000s announced a tour. So I appreciate those tour, tour notifications as well. So you can download the app and get your Dodgers regular season tickets as well. Yamamoto bobblehead night coming June 13th, I believe, against the defending World Series champion Texas Rangers. Tick pick, guys. Okay, let's see. We've got some questions, I believe. This one looks pretty good from CB. So more talk on catchers, I guess. Do you think the Dodgers extend Will Smith or are they going to let him walk?
2: I think that they are going to keep him. It seems as though they really believe in Will Smith. He's the number four hitter in this lineup. He's shown that he can come alive in the postseason. He actually was one of the only hitters last year to to actually get some hits and drive in some runs. And he was huge in that 2020 title run. And, I mean, look, I mean, with the way that, like, Diego Cartaya played last year. It was a very down year, so we'll have to see how he bounces back. But then the other the other option, obviously, is, is Dalton Rushing, who the Dodgers are very high on. So if they do decide to move on from Will Smith, there are other options coming through the pipeline. But I think the Dodgers really like Will Smith. I like Will Smith. Um, I've always been a fan of his, so I, I believe that they'll keep him.
4: I think the timing works out really well. Uh, They got him for this year and all of next year. So I think those two years will be, you'll you'll really see what you have in Cartaya and you'll see what you have in rushing. And then they'll be able to make a decision on if they want to extend Smith uh, or go with those two guys or or look outside the organization. But uh, he'll be 30 at the time of his contract is over. So I don't think he's going to command a huge deal. Uh, But the Dodgers have shown that that's huge it is. They want somebody, they're going to sign him. So
3: here's what's going to happen. Let's assume Otani starts pitching for the Dodgers again in 2025. If he likes throwing to Will Smith and Yamamoto likes throwing to Will Smith, they're going to extend Will Smith. You wouldn't you wouldn't let their peripheral catcher just go away in free agency. If there just seems to be something off and, you know, it's just not all quite there and they have to rely on a different catcher for whatever reason, then yeah, it becomes more of a discussion. So I don't think we can really have an answer to this question yet. I think there are a couple of variety factors. One, will Diego Cartaya ever emerge? Or like Frank is asking below in the chat, do you trade him while you can? And two, is Dalton rushing going to be an established catcher? Or do the Dodgers convert him into a different position? Because, I mean, the facts speak for themselves. I mean, Will Smith is a top three catcher at the end of the day. And letting him go in free agency, especially if he has a great repertoire with all the pitchers could be a mistake
2: i'm glad to hear you say that kevin
4: (laughs) yeah you've come a long way
3: i've come a long way i'm a defending smith now and david is defending barnes
4: (laughs) i mean i didn't i wasn't signing up for it but i I felt i had to (laughs) dia cartaya just to kind of finish off the
3: question we haven't seen much of him in spring training i don't think but this is, this is it for Cartai. If he doesn't get up to AAA and is hitting at a high level, then I think the Dodgers have no choice but to move on from him or he's going to end up like another Cody Hosey or Michael Bush, a guy that reaches their mid to late 20s and is just floating around in the minors and loses all their trade value. Like The Dodgers did the right thing in trading Cabert Ruiz at the deadline for Scherzer and Trey. That was a lot of high return and value and they might have to look and look themselves in the mirror and do the same with Cartaya. Good question, I think, coming from Michael Correa. Bueller's underlying numbers over the past few years have been really bad post-sticky stuff. I expect them to get worse post-surgery. Do you expect a Noah
2: Syndergaard-like performance? Because he does. I mean, it's hard to really say because he's he's coming back from his second Tommy John surgery and he won't most likely will not be pitching in spring training and also most likely won't make his debut till the middle of the season at the very least. So it's hard to say. And I think that when I, I personally, I don't think it has much to do with the sticky stuff and more to do with the fact that. In the uh, 2020, it was 2021 season where he was just absolutely overworked. Yeah, because that was the yeah. Scherzer year, where you know the, the the Dodgers were again just handcuffed with starting pitching towards you know down the stretch, and I think that it was more injury related than it was sticky stuff related. So. I'm 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 gonna give Bueller the benefit of the doubt. I really don't expect him to have a Noah Syndergaard like arc because I believe he's better than that uh, and has proven to be better than Noah Syndergaard even at Syndergaard's peak. So I'm I'm gonna give Walker Bueller the benefit of the doubt and see what happens when he comes back.
4: Yeah, I'm not I'm not anticipating anything Syndergaard like. I'm just not. I mean, the 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 only thing that does concern me is probably the main reason he was so dominant was his fastball and the velocity of that fastball. So if he's sitting at 92 right now, that's okay. But if he's sitting at 92 in two months from now, that's concerning, like legitimately concerning. Uh, I'm not sure what happened with his rehab process. Cause apparently last year he was almost ready to go for the playoffs. So I, I think either there was a setback that they're not telling us about uh, or something else weird happened. Uh, so I still think he's Walker Buehler. I think he's still got the talent and the stuff. I, I just, I need the velocity needs to go up.
3: Yeah. We talked about that last week with Buehler. Um, honestly, I think they're just holding him back because the stuff hasn't looked very good. And that's the harsh reality. If I had to pencil in the Dodgers rotation right now, Walker Buehler is probably my number four until he proves otherwise. It's It's no joke missing nearly two years. I don't expect him to revert back to the, 2020 self like Rebecca Michelle David is asking in the chat if he can give us a, a season input of a, a mid to high three ERA I will be perfectly happy with that I'm not expecting him to do his 2021 self where I think his ERA was about 280 if I'm not mistaken Um, but yeah I need to see the velocity tick up a little bit 92 is not going to get it done he's not going to be Noah Syndergaard bad that's just rock bottom and like Noah Syndergaard couldn't miss bats. So for Bueller, he's going to have to find a way to, to miss bats more so probably with the secondary pitches. Uh, but for me, I'm not super high on Walker right now. There's more question marks than reasons for me to have confidence, in, confidence in him until he shows me otherwise. Um. Okay. Maria G's really wants us to know where does
4: JD Martinez land? I mean, I still think Arizona fits. That works. San Francisco works, but I guess he doesn't want to go there. Well, they got Solaire, so that won't happen.
3: And then Arizona is platooning Grishuk and Jock. Oh, yeah, they got Jock. Honestly, Um, honestly, Miami, if they're willing to spend a dollar, like, he would fit right there. It wouldn't be a win now situation for JD. So I don't know how important money over titles is in his book, but he's a Boris client. So usually it's the money, but if Miami was willing to offer him a two or three year
2: deal, I feel like he likes being out there in Miami. So I'll go with the Marlins. Yeah. It might make sense for him to go to a a team like that or like a team like the tigers or something like that, where like you can, you know, have a a good, decent, First half of the season. And then depending on where the team is, let's say the Tigers, for example, it's you know, if they're at the deadline, they're like, We're not going anywhere, and JD's having a great season, then he can be dealt to a contender and and have that arc. But it is quite surprising after the resurgence that he had last year for the Dodgers, um, over a hundred RBIs, uh, that that no that he hasn't signed with anybody yet. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, w- with the other list of free agents that have not signed yet.
3: JD's wor- JD found a stroke in Detroit, so that'd
4: be an interesting reunion. They're going to win the Central. I said it first.
2: <laughs> I mean, sa- that's, sa- it, 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 that, that's the worst division in baseball, so that whole yep. thing is wide open.
3: I'm saving my picks for later. Okay, last question, then let's get to the Incline Awards. Aaron Attic, do you guys think this is Kike's final year in Dodger Blue? I don't know. Well,
4: Well, I've thought that for the last, like, four years, so I'll say yes again and then probably be wrong. He's like gum on your shoe.
2: Remember when people
3: said Zach McKinstry was going to be a
2: better version of Kike and it was the complete opposite? McKinstry actually had a good stretch there before he got hurt, and then it was that it it never happened after that. Yep. But, I mean... Look, I'm a proponent of keeping guys around that have postseason ex- success. And if Kike kind of does what we know he's capable of doing this year, I don't know why they wouldn't just keep him around. But it may just be like a contract thing. I don't know what – what based on what he does this year, what kind of contract he's going to command. I think – didn't they sign him to like a, a, a one-year $4 million contract, right? Mm-hmm. So- yeah. He plays better he didn't really have a great overall season last year so it's probably why he didn't get that much money but if he does have a great bounce back year then he will command more money and then you have to have that conversation but for me like if he's willing to stick around in the role that he is so good at with the dodgers i don't understand why you wouldn't keep him
3: yeah he, he made more than ahmed rosario and I think he has a better shot of sticking with the daughters than Miguel Rojas might. So,
2: I mean, Ahmed yeah. Rosario didn't even make the postseason roster. So we didn't even mention Cody, Great though.
3: We didn't even mention Cody Bellinger going back to the Cubs. What a, what a fall from grace. $80 million is what yeah. he got. He wanted over 200 million. Poor guy.
4: Yeah. 80 million, such a poor guy. That sucks. Yep.
3: I can sense the sarcasm. Okay,
4: what the hell's going on with Blake Snell, though? Can we just, for <laughs> one second, like, what, what the hell is? Why does nobody want him? No one wants to give him nine years. Well, he's definitely not getting close to that now. Yeah, I, but I think he would take what four years, hundred, probably. I, I think if he took that, he would have signed by now. I think he wants six plus. I mean, is this guy going to get signed before the season?
2: He might not. It's crazy that the reigning Cy Young Award winner is not signed yet. Because everyone knows he's a fraud. To a
3: degree, yes. But he's still an all-star pitcher at his worst. Like, we just saw it with Rodon a year ago. Pitched out of his mind and then was trash for the Yankees. So I think teams know they don't want to fall for that trap again. I think Snell caves by, I'll say April at some point, And he'll take a four or five year five-year deal but for now i think he's sticking to six plus
2: you think the season starts
3: without him yes i think an injury opens the door
4: i don't know he might have to he might have to take a one-year deal and start over next year that's that's wild
3: would i rather have snell or glass now glass now duh what kind of question is that, Yongi? Okay. It's not a duh for me. It's not a duh question. That's not a duh not yeah, a I, answer. I, I, might, I might honestly take Snell. Well, you don't like Tyler Glass now, but that's a whole nother. Yeah, I do. I just
4: have doubts what? on his health. I don't not like him as a player or a person. He just you texted never me.
3: He texted me numerous times saying he's bad. But Well, he I'm was all... bad
4: for a while. We killed him in the playoffs
3: yeah, poor Glass now got decimated by the best team of the decade that should, should totally be a knock against his career. Austin Barnes was on that team. Austin Barnes didn't do anything against Glas and, and who owned Blake Snell? Austin Barnes. Austin but Barnes? That was when Barnes was actually good. That's like yeah, that was 40- when Barnes had his magic with him. Wow. People are underrating how good Tyler Glass now is going to be with the Dodgers. This guy was pitching with like a detached ligament in his elbow for almost three years and finally went to the right doctor and figured that shit out. Like when he was back with the Tampa Bay Rays um, last season, nobody could hit his curveball. Barely anyone could touch his curve his, his curveball or a slider. And he's throwing 98, 99 miles per hour right now with the Dodgers this early in camp. Sign me up. He is about to be a breakout pitcher in the prior lab.
2: So very underrated guy. I've always he will felt that. if he pitches. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind he will be that elite. He's just got to pitch and he's got to stay healthy. That's the only well, knock I have against him.
3: Always an if with most pitchers. That's just how it is with today's game. Kershaw's always hurt. But when he's healthy, he's locked in.
2: Yeah, but Glass- but but you under but you understand this It's like Kershaw during Kershaw's peak, he was not hurt. Like defined peak.
3: He always he's always had 2014, he had a couple of back injuries, 2015, 2016. I mean he always, he always goes on the aisle at least once in the season. But I agree he doesn't miss a fat chunk of the season like Glass now has in the past. But right. but Urias has had injuries. Bueller has had injuries. May has had injuries. Almost everyone on the Dodgers has had injuries. It's very hard to find someone that's been durable consistently for the Dodgers the last six or so years. It really hasn't been a single guy in our organization in the starting staff. So, I'm I'm willing to turn the new page with Glassdale and give him a fresh start in Dodger blue. I really do think this is going to be the breakout season for Glassdale. Can't promise you what he'll be like in three years, but this season I think he's going to be relatively healthy.
4: Austin Barnes walked twice against Glasnow in that World Series. (laughs) Didn't get a hit. Also got caught stealing. (laughs) That's
3: insane. I forgot that they demoted smith from the catcher role and barnes
2: started like well no they demoting. were both
4: they actually just lined up with kershaw starts it was kershaw versus glasnow twice
2: well if you remember if you remember they demoted uh yasmani grandal for barnes in yeah. 2017 and 2018. yes they did
3: all right okay so uh incline awards eric gagne reliever of the year this was the tightest race i've ever seen in any ballot so the votes third place lost by two votes second place lost by one vote and then obviously first place so who do you think won between ryan brazier brewstar gratterall shelby miller and evan phillips who do you think
4: shelby miller got fourth i know that correct
3: who do you think got third
4: Probably Gratterall because he was underappreciated last
3: year. Do you agree, Jake, or you want to think it was someone else? Uh, no, I'm, I'm with David on that. Okay, well, you're both wrong. Good. Evan Phillips finished, or Ryan Brazier finished third. He had um, 31%. Evan Phillips finished second. He had 33%. And Star Gratterall takes home the Eric Gagne Reliever of the Year award with 34.5%.
4: Great. Some sharp, sharp voters. Love that. They were
3: paying attention. But, but like I just said, it was a super tight race. And I believe Blake Trinan won the inaugural award and then Evan Phillips won last year. Okay, so Dodger that was let go too soon. In memoriam, this one came down to Andre Jackson, Justin Brule, and Phil Bickford. And taking home the award with 31% of the votes has to go to the guy that said, What the actual F when Ryan Brazier cleaned up his mess and got everyone out with the bases loaded. Phil Bickford gone too soon, had that epic three inning performance against the twins, I believe, as well, where it was the most character arc where he sucked at first. I think he walked home a runner and then just completely turned it around and helped lead a charge to a win. Phil Bickford now with the New York
2: Mets. I, I loved Phil Bickford. I really did. I, th- I thought that he just was a gamer. Like he just went out there and gave it everything he had. And it, it it wasn't always pretty. But when he first burst onto the scene with the Dodgers, when they got him off the scrap heap off, you know, I think he was DFA'd by the Brewers or something. Uh, he came on board and he was actually really good that first season. He just couldn't really duplicate it. Yes. He was a Giants first-round pick at one point. Wow.
4: I think they actually took him right ahead of Bueller, if I remember right. That's really? hilarious. <laughs> or someone good. Someone good. I'll get back to you on that.
3: Yeah. The best blooper gift-worthy moment. So I believe last year, David Vasse won pretty easily. I don't remember who holy won. Holy
2: crap. Holy crap.
3: Year one, I can't remember. Such <laughs> a dork. Such a dork. But... This one, I don't know if I agree with, but the final two, Ryan Stanek had a complete meltdown on a balk call and got ejected. And then Miguel Rojas on ESPN quoted saying, sorry, guys, I need to make the play real quick. So this one was 35% going to Miguel Rojas. That was his, a great moment. His one accomplishment. He, was, mi- he, was, uh, he was mic'd was say. up.
2: He was miked up during an ESPN broadcast. That was really great.
3: So the one that I was hoping would win, tied for last. Brett Beatty misplays a pop up and eats it in the face. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> that that was, that was hilarious. It was the most Mets thing of that season.
2: Uh, I love that he lost it in the in the. <laughs> sky or the lights or whatever and then like i think he made like a diving attempt to try and catch it
4: it, it was just a like a you needed that clown music whatever that dun, song dun, is dun, 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 dun. yeah, yeah that
2: that one. One.
4: gerardo para ultimate dodger
3: killer we had a lot of nominations cody bellinger jake berger Cor- corbin carroll tommy Pham, kybert ruiz blake snell and justin turner this one came down to jake berger corbin carroll yeah. and blake snell
2: to me, it was to regular season. Jake Berger. I had never seen a guy torch us like that. That was From I, two I different remember, teams. I remember I voted for him in this in this category, so I don't know if he won, but that Jake Berger destroyed us. He got third. Blake Snell got second. Corbin Carroll, with
3: thirty three percent of the votes, yeah. is the Dodger killer.
2: He owned us in the playoffs too,
3: yeah. all season. Best individual game, another tight race. Mookie Betts goes four for four with two home runs and four RBIs on June 30th against the Royals. Freddie Freeman homers in a four-hit game on his birthday against the Padres. Max Muncy goes three for three with seven RBIs, including a grand slam against the Giants on April 10th. Ryan Pepio takes a perfect game into the seventh um, in September against the Marlins. And Emmett Sheehan debuts with six innings of no hit ball um, against the Giants. So this one came down to the Mookie Betts 4-4-4, two home run game against the Royals and Max Muncy with a seven RBI night against the Giants. And to no surprise, the Giant Killer won Max Muncy with 27.5% of the votes.
2: Yeah, if if this was a uh, a Giants podcast and they were doing the reverse Awards like, yes, the, the award would be the Max Muncie Giant Killer Award because yep. he just owns that franchise. Aaron eddick bringing up
3: a good point. Kike did used to torch Madison Bumgarner. That was oh my god, yes, my yes. Dodgers Cy Young, Bruce Star Growl, Clayton Kershaw, Bobby Miller, and Evan Phillips. Who won?
4: Mm, probably. I mean, if Grotterall
2: wins, I am impressed with our voters. (laughs) I mean, he won the reliever, so. I don't know, maybe Bobby Miller. I don't think so, no. I think the guy, it's Grotterall or Kershaw. The the guy
3: that I was clamoring to start ahead of. Lance Lynn and I was told, no, that's ridiculous, was our Cy Young Award winner. Bobby Miller, 43% of the votes takes home a Cy Young in his rookie year <laughs> from us kind of from the voters <laughs> oh
4: yeah he from just wanted our- an, an MVP, a Nickelonian most valuable player yeah. award. he's gonna get slimed I mean it's gonna get kind slimed. of a kind of a testament
3: it's a testament for a couple of things one the Dodgers pitching staff was horrendous as a whole last season so for a rookie to take home the award it's not a knock against Bobby Miller but it's more kind of like yeah, it was not a really good representation from the starting staff. Wasn't like when last year Urias won easily or whatever. Just just a tough year for this starting staff. But that's how it goes. Congrats, Bobby Miller. Zombie Nation, home run of the year. I'm just going to give the award a winner right now. Mookie Betts hits a game-tying home run off Josh Hader in the ninth on May 5th against yeah. the Padres. Half the votes went to Mookie Betts. Yeah, that was was such a cool moment. This one I just threw in as a new award, and it was a landslide. The Pedro Baez Inherited Runners Bust of the Year. Noah Syndergaard with 90% of the votes. 90%?
4: (laughs) Who was the other option? Jake
3: Marisnik, who didn't get a vote. Gavin Stone, who got five votes. And Trace
2: Thompson, who got one percent is it was it is this like the worst dodger award is that pretty what this much is? yeah okay.
3: pretty much just a chance to shit on someone so yeah c- Cindergard, boy okay hosts most wrong take so to uh, recap yes this is my jake, favorite one jake took home the first award when he said Kenley jansen is no longer a high leverage reliever <laughs> and then jansen goes on to just dominate and <laughs> basically rejuvenate his career last year. I said, Tyler Anderson would be a roller coaster and bad and doesn't belong in this rotation. He goes on to be an all-star. He was dumb. Dumb. So, so year three, here we go. Did I finally win one? David confidently picked the Padres to reach the NLCS for months while simultaneously calling the D backs frauds. Padres failed to reach the playoffs while the D backs (laughs) reached the world series. (laughs) Correct, Jake, This was just popular vote from the people. Stated the Dodgers would start 40 and 10. They started 31 and 19. I guess you were a little aggressive with um, coming out of the gate. And then Kevin believed the Angels would trade Shohei Otani to the Dodgers by the trade deadline. And Artie Moreno just refused to let it happen. I won. I definitely won. So yeah, David called it. 84% 84% of the votes <laughs> goes to David Rosenthal
4: that was a very
3: rough stand. You took yeah. <laughs> so congrats. Uh,
4: I, hey, I was the last one to not win one. So I I'm, I'm you, you set, you trailblazed the path for me.
2: Year four is going to be a big year. Um, well, the, I mean, the thing is, is that the Dodgers ended up having like a 40 and 10 August or something. like. Yeah. That. Whatever. That's not what you said. <laughs> You said no, I'm just, pointing, I'm just pointing it out, that it wasn't right. that bad of a take.
4: Yeah, I feel like you've had worse that should have been on there. I feel like you got lucky by having that be on there. I asked for, for everyone to remind me so that I could put the worst
3: nominations, but yeah, I only could go off what I remembered. That's fair. I know so, that okay, after so the fact. I,
2: I actually I actually remember one of my takes that, I, that I'll share with you now, and you tell me if this would have beaten you or not. Okay. I, I said Julio Arias Cy Young i mean i think that might be the Eli.
4: i don't know i mean I don't, it,
3: it would be close i don't think he would have won but it definitely would have gotten i mean 30, 30 something percent
4: yeah he was i mean i think he would have won not only did he not pitch well he was basically
2: in jail so <laughs> yeah i think that it would, would, have, win. It would have been a tight race yeah but you see you had the two-parter there you had you had the D backs, yeah, being frauds and the Padre and they and they just yeah.
4: Yeah, I'm not I'm not defending my take. It's it's bad, but I, I think it would have been a fair fight.
2: No, it, no, definitely definitely it would have yeah.
4: been a lot closer.
2: I still think David would have
3: won. And it's just it's just ironic because
4: I was talking about how well Bobby Miller was
3: pitching against the D backs, and I'm like, oh I'm told, Oh, you should just discount that because the D backs are in a slump. Little did I know he was dominating in the regular season against a team that would go on to win the world series or
4: no, sorry, reach the NL
3: pennant. So yeah. So, so that's why I'm saying year four is a big year. Someone's going to move ahead in the standings. We're all tied at one now.
2: Yeah. Nice
3: hosts. Most right. Take. So I believe Jake won that one last year because you said the Dodgers. No, you said this was back to Julio Arias. Ironically, I think you were like, Someone wrote an article, trashed him. You're like, trust Urias. And then he would go on to
2: Plaschke or something. Yeah. yeah,
3: Go on to like lead the NL and ERA. So this year, David, Dodgers will trade for Lance Lynn before the trade deadline. And you got your wish. The Dodgers did trade for Lance Lynn. And that was their big deadline move, sadly. Jake, don't hand the division title to the Padres just yet. Because the Dodgers are better than people think they are. Dodgers won the uh, NL West and the Padres missed the postseason. And lastly, me, Kevin, starting Lance Lynn in a postseason game would lead to a disaster because of his home run issues. Lynn gave up an MLB record, four home runs in one postseason inning. The Dodgers obviously didn't go with Pepio. I regret that. So anyways, I'm the winner. I'm the winner. 62%. I'm so glad Lance Lynn is a thing in the past. Who was second? Um, you were second 31%. Nice.
4: Yeah. All right. Whatever.
3: This is David's classic award. The Dennis Santana Memorial Gargantum Nutsack. So Alex Vessia was a two-time reigning champion. So he got grandfathered in for a third opportunity. Came down to Ryan Brazier and Joe Kelly, though. So who do you think took home the Nutsack? I'm going to go
2: Brazier. Yeah, it's got to be
3: Brazier. It is indeed Ryan Brazier, forty-one percent. Joe Kelly, second, thirty-one. Brewster Gradderall, third. All right, we're down to the final th- four awards. It looks like so. Andre Ethier, regular season clutch moment. This one also goes to Mookie Betts for that game tying home run off Josh Hader in the ninth. It was a it was a big home run for Mookie that year. Idiot of the year. Yes. This yeah. one was this one was tough. But uh, any Braves fan: Bill Plaschke, John Heyman, Molly Knight, the Padres' jumbotron operator, and Julio Arias. That's so many options. How is also how is Ben Verlander not on there? So last year, I felt like Ben Verlander. I don't think he really had. He enough. won
4: though, for sure. He won this award at one. He point. He,
3: he Ben Verlander. Well, yeah,
2: because def- we had we had the Babe Ruth. Yeah,
3: awesome yeah. He between. he won. But yeah, Ben Verlander was kind of low-key last season, so it, there wasn't really a reason to put him on. I couldn't remember. Okay. Uh, but this one came down to the Jumbotron operator and Julio Arias. So <laughs> I think you can probably figure out who won. There's no, some rec- There's some recency bias, but yes, Julio Arias was the winner, 52%. Guy that was going to make probably $200 million in the offseason – never had his head right, punched or allegedly punched the woman that he was with and is no longer in Major League Baseball and screwed the Dodgers for that matter. Yep. Yeah. See you later, pal. Most Dave moment. Dave Roberts, that is. I'll just read them all off since they're always funny. No brainer to pitch Yancy Almonte for two innings. Almonte blows the lead. Goes with Caleb Ferguson instead of Evan Phillips versus the Padres, which results in a blown lead. Yep. Pinch hits Austin Barnes instead of James Altman with a runner-on third in the NLDS. That
4: that should win. That should win.
3: Hold on. Pinch hits Colton Wong for Miguel Rojas. That should base win. With loaded in the NLDS. That has to win. And lastly, no urgency to pull Lancelin after serving up. The second home run in the NLDS game three results in that record four home runs in one inning.
2: Well, it's either Austin Barnes or Colton Wong. I would say
3: it's gotta be Colton Wong. It has to be Colton Wong actually got third. Oh goodness. Austin Barnes got second and the most Dave moment, 42% Lance Lynn Uh, Colton Wong was worse than that dude. (laughs) Could have gone either way. And finally, Dodgers MVP, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, JD Martinez, Max Muncie, and James Altman. Mookie Mookie Betts won in a landslide, 64%. Dodgers MVP.
2: Yeah, I mean he should. He was a runner up in in the National League. So
3: yeah. Yeah. That concludes the Incline Awards, everybody. So we can transition now to any final segments
2: you guys have or any final thoughts. And we're done. Um, my final thoughts are Shohei Otani is as beautiful as we all thought he was going to be just a great moment today. Um, even if he didn't hit a home run, just the fact that he's in Dodger blue, um, playing and, and looks to be swinging pain free, which is the big thing for him, uh, having come off that surgery in the off season. But the fact that he hit a home run an opposite field shot, and it just, you know, quieted all the haters for, for a moment. There was just a chef's kiss um, to do it in front of the home crowd at Camelback ranch. Um, Just a great sign of things to come.
4: Yeah. My final thought is I'm just going to get ahead of this. Now. I will not be getting up at 4.00 AM to watch the Korea games. I won't, I'm not doing it. I won't, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to watch the highlights that is just the single worst time for me personally ever. I would rather it be at 1 a.m. and I'll stay up or 5.30 a.m. or 5 a.m. and then I'll get up. But 4 a.m., there's there's just no way for I me to do it. I think it's 3 a.m. So I'm, I'm, technically. Is it, is it 3 a.m.? I think so. Either way, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., I'm getting ahead of this now. I will not be watching it live. So you can, you can say whatever you want to me. I will be fast asleep.
2: I will be up and watching that game. I'm not, not mi- I'm not missing either of those games. I will be missing all of them. I'm going to bed
3: super early, maybe 5 or 6 p.m., and I'm going to wake up in time for that 3 a.m. start time.
2: Bye, i refuse
3: used to miss Shohei Otani and Yamamoto's official Dodgers debut. And who knows, if I don't have to go to work because the game ends in time, I'm going to do some live streams after too. And anyone that's up, you can join this show. Subscribe and we'll talk about this Dodgers opening day, the unofficial opening day, I guess, in Korea. Like, can you even call it opening day if it starts that early into the season and it's not in the US? Well,
2: yeah, because the games count, right? But that's not the question. But I think think
4: it's yes, yes, and no. I think it's opening day, and then there's a second opening day. Yeah, I think it's just there's two opening day
2: 1A. Um
4: the continental opening. I,
2: Kevin, that is the exact correct thing that you should be doing is going to bed at five, six. Who the fuck can just go to bed at five okay, PM? I used to, as you guys know, I used to be a p- reporter. I, I worked the morning shift for many years and that was my routine. I went to bed at like five, six PM at night. And then mm-hmm. I got up at like 30, 2 o'clock in the morning and got ready for work to be in at 3 a.m. The first night that you do that obviously is really difficult because you got to shift your body clock and all of that. But as soon as you do the first day, you're so goddamn tired after that, that it just becomes easier and easier and easier. The, the hard thing is preventing yourself from taking a large nap in the afternoon. But yeah. this, this will, will, I will tap back into my skills there and I will be yeah, able see- to watch the
4: I don't nap. I have not, the last time I couldn't tell you the last time I took a nap. So sleep is uh, sleep is very precious and I can't just fall asleep at 5 PM or 6 PM. That's just, that's just not an option for me. So I will not be going to bed at one and
2: waking up in two hours. Yes. We're, we're, we're not here to convince you, David, because you've made up your mind. So yeah, I'll, I'll accept it. Yeah. Thank you, CB. I'm an idiot. I never told people
3: to hit the like button. So do that right now. And if you haven't subscribed and you've been following these streams for months now, then what the hell are you doing? Hit that subscribe button. Help us out folks. And yes. um, Last question, I guess from Justin Yamas, what do we drink while we're watching this series? I think I have to go to work, so I don't think I can drink alcohol. I don't drink coffee period. I don't like it. So for me, I guess it's water and. How about a warm glass of
4: milk?
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it might have to be orange juice. That's how, it whatever. Of course you don't drink coffee. I, I will be. I don't drink
4: coffee either. Coffee's gross. I agree. It sucks. All
2: right. Well, fuck you guys. <laughs> I don't need it. I'm just naturally wired. I uh, I will be drinking a lot of coffee that day. I'm a big coffee drinker and uh, I will be pounding that shit. I'll be fast asleep. And yeah, we know. We'll, we'll
3: nice. lead up to that epic series in Korea against the Padres until then you'll hear from us as we continue to talk about the Dodgers in spring training and we'll preview what's going to go on around the rest of major league baseball. So you'll hear our bold predictions, standings, all kinds of wacky takes over the next few uh, weeks. Now baseball's almost here and I'll trigger Jake again, when I trash something else like I did with Whataburger last week, Jake or David, where do you stand on Whataburger? Have you been
4: there? I haven't. No. Okay. But I I think five guys is better than in and out. If that helps. Whoa. I'm going to save my five guys
3: thoughts for another time, but I am going to, at some point take all the fast food restaurants and compare them to the Dodgers players. Okay. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. So Great. thank you guys for tuning in. It's time for us to peace out. Like the Incline Dodgers podcast. If you're listening on the audio feed, make sure you're a subscriber. Leave a five-star review. Drop your thoughts on the Shohei Otani home run and your expectations for Shohei Otani heading into 2024. I want to hear all your guys' predictions on what you kind of expect from Otani. Thank you, guys. Incline Dodgers podcast out.